This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Thank you to everyone that has tuned in thus far. The hustle and grind continues as we're now into season two of 52 Weeks of Hustle. I've had such a great time sitting down with industry leaders. Thank you to the leaders and for all the listeners and your continued support. In addition, thank you for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales, a playbook to being elite in the sports business industry. It's available on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and audio versions. Be sure to check out 52weeksofhustle.com. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry, and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career growth, what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Without further ado, our guest this week. Many people grow up wanting to be in sales or have a knack for sales, and that is definitely this next guest. This is a guest, and it's an exciting one for me as I was very fortunate to meet this individual while he was in college and worked with him for three years as he started in this industry. I'm excited to have Kenny Caperta, the Executive Director of Ticket Sales and Service at the New York Mets. Kenny, welcome to the show. What's going on, Travis? Thanks for having me. Kenny, this is awesome, and I, I certainly appreciate your time and looking forward to our conversation. But let's start off with how we got to know each other. And I want to give the, the listeners just a glimpse of who Kenny Caperta is. And so many people have heard about the Mount Union Sports Sales Workshop that Dr. Jim Cattlecheck created and has put on for years. And, you know, a snowy Cleveland night, February of 2010, to date ourselves a little bit. I, at the time, a brand-new inside sales manager with the Pittsburgh Pirates, had the opportunity to sit in front of a young Kenny at Progressive Field in the club level. And first, how did you end up at the workshop, coming from SUNY Brockport with a bachelor's in sports management and then SUNY Cortland with a master's in sports management? Fate. Um, I, I say it all the time. You know, you know, sales found me. I mean, Travis, I don't know if you remember this story, but uh, coming out of high school, you know, I, I, was, I was relatively naive. I didn't really have, you know, um, you know an exact direction that I wanted to take. Um, it was one of those things where I thought I was going to go to school to be a weatherman. Um, I was looking at meteorology programs and um, unfortunately, you know, didn't end up working out. Uh, so I started, I, I pursued a, a degree in physical education and you know, went, went up to SUNY Brockport. I thought rolling out a dodgeball um, and, and, and making, you know, 50, 60 grand a year would have been, you know, one heck of a lifestyle. But, you know, I learned, you know, I learned pretty quickly upon graduation that, you know, I wanted to, I wanted more of a career. Um, so I, I, I uh, you know, moved over to uh, SUNY Cortland to pursue my master's in sports administration. And uh, it was there that I realized I could make a, you know, pair my passion, um, you, you know, with, uh, with that of sales and sports. And I was lucky enough to, you know, have a professor that really invested in me and my development and made me aware of the opportunity 
um, you know, to uh, attend the sports sales workshop. And, and once he explained it to me and, and realized, you know, what it actually was, I was, I was sold. And it was something I really wanted to go in there and, um, you know, invest in my success. No, absolutely. And I do remember that story because, you know, both of us went to school thinking that we were going to be on TV. I think we both got told <laughs> at an early age we have a face for radio or maybe a, yeah. a face for podcast, voice for podcast. So, uh, no, it's awesome. They got you there. And so, you know, the Mount Union Sports Sales Workshop, it's an all-day event where candidates like Kenny went through thorough trainings from some of the best and brightest leaders in the business. At the end, there's a three-hour block where teams can interview candidates for 15 minutes. That's it. 15 total minutes. So as a leader, you know you need to not only ask the questions you want to know, but also provide a sales pitch for each of these candidates. Is there, they may meet with 15, 20 different teams throughout the day. So, Kenny, if I remember correctly, this was one of both of our last interviews that evening where you and I sat down. And, you know, I certainly had a script of questions. And one of the questions I always asked, uh, and I've asked this on the Hustle Hot Seat as well on this podcast, if you could be any kitchen utensil, what would you be and why? So, Kenny, give the listeners a glimpse of what your answer was. You got one heck of a memory. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my answer was a, uh, a rolling pin. Um, I said, you know, Travis, I, I would love to be a rolling pin. Um, and you said, why? And I said, well, well Travis, uh, if, if I'm given this opportunity in Pittsburgh, not only will I squash a competition, I'm going to leave the Pirates rolling in dough. Um, you absolutely did. And I, I about <laughs> fell off the chair. Uh, and I still do thinking about this because as Throughout the years, I've continued to ask that question and we'll always get, well, what's the best answer you've had? And I've had a lot of great answers, but yours definitely was the best answer. Uh, and it's quick and it kind of shows who you are as an individual, a witty person, certainly. Um, and it was, you know, so I guess number one question, like, how did you come up with that answer so quick? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, growing up in New York um, and, and coming from an Italian heritage, like, you know, really, pizza was my favorite food, still is to this day. I mean, I, I'm sure you can remember even, you know, um, you know, over lunch in, in Pittsburgh, we would always go to the to the pizzeria, you know, outside yeah. the stadium. Um, it was just one of those things where that's the first thing that popped in my head. Um, what foods do I like? And was able to draw that parallel into sales. Um, and next thing you know, it just kind of came out and off the top of the dome. No, it was great. And so I remember going back to Pittsburgh and telling both Lou DePauli and Chris Zaber, who we have both had the privilege of working for twice in our careers, and, you know, that one, what a great answer that was, and certainly someone I want to proceed with. And now, Kenny, I remember talking back then, this, you know, and, and thinking, Kenny definitely has a knack for sales. You had a ton of passion, as you do now, and certainly that competitiveness, uh, you know, that, that all of us want to be, um, you know, especially coming out of college. And so what were some key learnings early on in your career that helped really kind of take your career to the next level? Yeah, for sure. And it's a, it's a great question. I think, I think as, as a young professional coming out of college and making that transition into, um, you know, corporate America, it's unique. I think everybody approaches it in different ways. And, you know, for me specifically, I learned, I learned quickly, you know, the power of protecting your perception. Um, as you had mentioned, I'm very competitive, very passionate. Those can, those can you know, be a, 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 a um, they, they can be very advantageous to a career in sales. And because it is a competitive environment, it can all, it can also, um, you know, run people the wrong way as well. So I learned early on um, that it was very important to, to harness the passion, harness the competitive edge and, and channel that to, you know, to really, you know, get in the ring and allow me to fight for my success. But yep. more importantly, really, you know, let the results do the talking. And I, yeah. I, I, I learned really quick that, you know, um, you know, it, 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 while it's important to, you know, have that competitive edge, um, it's important to make sure it's, it's deployed properly as well. 
No, absolutely. And, and I think that's what I, I certainly appreciate about you and a lot of the successful people we've seen having that competitive edge. And you quickly name, made a name for yourself there in inside sales as you're crushing the hustle board, certainly bringing in the dough, uh, <laughs> you know, bring back to the, to the rolling pin. But, you know, one of the things that you, you didn't necessarily have a, a big care of like, hey, whether people like you or not, it's just, hey, I'm here to get a job done. I'm putting the blinders on. I'm here to make a lot of money and get promoted. And and obviously, like any of any really successful people, they, they may rub people the wrong way. And so as you look back to that time, what do you feel like was your defining moment on really being able to, you know, get that balance of, of having that competitive nature, but also build those long lasting relationships as well? I, th- I think it's the, the difference of being liked and being respected. Yep. And I think early on in my career, I was, that's not that I was concerned about being liked, but, you know, I wanted to be seen a certain way. And it wasn't until, you know, during my time in Pittsburgh, actually, where I realized the power of respect. And by doing things the right way, um, you know, you know, being, you know, an asset to the organization, to my peers, um, you know, acting as a support system, especially, you know, in, in an inside sales culture. You know, I quickly just let my numbers do the talking, let my work ethic do the talking, got in my own way, um, and really just, you know, really focused on being respected rather than liked. And, you know, in my opinion, it's something that, that, that we currently teach a lot of, uh, that, that, we, that we really educate, especially our leadership and in, in, uh, training program here in New York, is just the power of leading with respect. And if you do it the right way, and, 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 and that's really what you foster, um, if you do it the right way, the great leaders can back into being liked as well. Uh, but to me, it's more about having that foundation in a relationship built on respect and let the likeness come. And that, that was something that I learned in Pittsburgh and some I certainly got from you as well. I think that's one of the best pieces of advice, you know, already here on 52 Weeks of Hustle is just it's all about being respected, right? Too many people, I think, and, you know, for the listeners that are coming in this business that, that are young of like, well, I want to be liked, you know, I want to be the first pick of the beer pong team or I want to be this, I want to be that. And I always like, was, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. But it's like, you know, hey, there's more to it than that. It, it needs to be respect your game, respect the craft that you're bringing every single day. Because to your point, you, you hit on the, the nail on the head is – you know, if people respect you, they'll they'll be they'll begin to like you as well. Uh, but it, it's all about are you respected and what are you doing to be respected on a consistent basis. And so, Kenny, you're certainly cruising along in your career, inside sales to new business to premium. You're really hitting every goal that's in front of you. What do you feel like you are doing on such a consistent basis to sell at a high level? And you know, and I mind you, I know I've talked to this a little bit about in this podcast. You know, when we were at the Pirates, your first year. We went on to lose, I believe, 105 games. We were mathematically eliminated by the All-Star break. So it wasn't an easy sell. And, and oh, by the way, I think the next year we lost 97 and then 92 games. So uh, what, what were you doing selling at a high level with not a great product? Yeah, the phones weren't ringing, that's for sure. <laughs> that um, is for sure. You know, so you know, to me, it was it was really, you know, just embracing the process, investing in, the, in in my craft. And, you know, to me, you know, for me specifically, I really found success in getting face to face as much as possible, albeit, you know, through, you know, um, you know stadium appointments, you know, really leaned in there um, and, and, and really try to capitalize on those opportunities as much as I could. Um, obviously, you know, through uh, you know various sales events, you know, I, I, always, I always saw success in that space as well. Uh, but more importantly, um, it was a numbers game. And I learned quickly you know, the importance of sales math, ensuring my pipeline was in a good place. And if I didn't have enough appointments, you know, you know, for the upcoming week, I knew exactly how many calls I needed to make to get there. I knew exactly, you know, how many, you know, leads I needed to have in my pipeline to get there. I knew where, you know, where my hot buckets were versus my cold buckets. And um, just really focused. 
focused on those goals, and if it wasn't, I did everything in my power to, to and um, I learned that, you know, at, at, uh, I was lucky, lucky to learn that at a young age, uh, to be able to put myself in a position to see success, and then from there, you know, just uh, invite people down to the ballpark, you know, and, um, and really build, um, uh, you know, that relationship, you know, with the client, um, and, and something I always teach, um, you know, everybody here in New York, price is only an issue in the absence of value, right, yeah. so did everything in my power on every single touch point with a prospective client to really show that value and draw that parallel in terms, in terms of how they could benefit from it. So um, no, absolutely. That's certainly a key learning for me early on. Yeah, it was certainly, you, you always had that internal motivation and you were holding yourself accountable. And, you know, your last year plus in Pittsburgh, you started getting some leadership training and experience. And then you ultimately landed a role as the inside sales manager uh, with certainly one of my mentors, the first guest ever on 52 Weeks of Hustle, Corey Breton. You know, and, and at the time you went to Minnesota with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And so first, how did you know leadership was the route that you ultimately wanted to take? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, for me, I'm someone that really embraces that career mentality. Um, and it was about finding the right career, and I found it in Pittsburgh. Um, I, I was lucky. Looking back on it, I mean, we talked about the Mountain Union Sports Sales Conference. I, I interviewed with several teams, and there were various opportunities I could have pursued. And honestly, Pittsburgh was just kind of the closest one in New York. And thank God I landed in Pittsburgh because when I did. Wait, so it didn't have anything to do with myself, Chris, or Lou? <laughs> of course it did. Of like, course geez. it did. <laughs> you know, like I was, I was lucky enough to be surrounded by talent yeah. at the end of the um, as I take a look at our leadership team, then as I take a look at you know the sales executives that that we had there, you know that was very enticing, and that was uh, that, I, that that really motivated me to this is to, to just say this is what I want to do, and this is the career I want to have. And if it weren't for that environment, if success were you know weren't you know you know, um, you know clearly identified in Pittsburgh, if I didn't see that 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 opportunity for growth, who knows where I would be? But I, I was lucky to you know experience that early on in my career, and I was sold. Like yep. you know, that's the that immediately was the the career path I wanted to take, and then I was committed. I'm a, I, you know Travis, I think you would agree. I'm you know I I, I I you know the power of belief is is certainly there. Um, commitment is certainly there. The passion is certainly there. And when you go ahead and you mix those things together, you know I wasn't going to fail in sales. Right. I wasn't. And, and to me, that's where the career longevity was. And um, I, I wanted to build something special. I saw what we built in Pittsburgh, and I wanted to, you know, build something special in, in Minnesota. I wanted to build something special here in New York and right. really wanted to emulate you know, what we had in Pittsburgh. No, absolutely. And, and I think a couple things on that end, Kenny, you know, first is you've mentioned New York a couple times, which we're going to get into, which obviously you're there at the Mets. You, you, you grew up, born and raised in New York, went to went to college, both undergrad and master's. But, you know, from there, right, like going to the Pittsburgh Pirates, they weren't your favorite team. Going to the Minnesota Timberwolves, they certainly weren't your favorite team. So, you know, as, as advice for listeners out there, like you, you kind of mentioned a little bit by, based on people, but why – why and ultimately, how did you get that passion to sell at a high level for two teams that, again, weren't very good, but also two teams that you weren't passionate about until you probably worked there? Yeah, I mean, you know, Travis, you know, growing up in New York, it's not like I grew up. It's not like I grew up and you know threw a dart at the walls like, hey, I got to move to Minneapolis. Right, <laughs> um, right. You know, I think as you take a look at the common denominator in, in, in all of my steps, it was all really based on people. Um, you know, fell into a phenomenal situation in Pittsburgh, um, you, know, you know, built that bridge over to Minnesota. And, and to this day, 
Um, you know, Corey Brenton is still one of the, you know, one of the biggest mentors I have. Jake Vernon still one of the biggest mentors I have. And they really elevated my game to think more like a director than that of a manager. Yep. Um, and that was really eye-opening to me in Minnesota. And, again, another great culture. I uh, was able to, you know, dip my toes in, uh, in the NBA, which was, you know, a, a phenomenal learning experience, uh, very collaborative in the league approach. Um, sharing of best practices really helped prop me up and, and really helped prepare me again um, for my first leadership role a, as a whole. But, you know, to me, it's not it's not about the wins and losses. It's not about the, um, you know, the, you know the, the, the team on the business card. It's about the situation. It's about in, immersing yourself in a culture that, that is special and surrounding yourself, um, um, you know, with peers in, in an environment that's going to, um, you know, challenge you to be better. And what, one thing I can say is Pittsburgh, Minnesota, um, rising tides raise all ships. Um, you know, as a nod to Corey, right? And it's one of his, that's, that's one of his, uh, I've heard that a time or two. And, and actually on the podcast for our loyal listeners, they definitely heard Corey say that same thing. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that, that was something that was great to be a part of, um, uh, in Minnesota for sure. You know, so, so Kenny, the, the next thing on that end is, you know, what a lot of people, and I'm sure a lot of listeners, Hey, I want to get into leadership or I'm ready for leadership. I'm ready for my next opportunity, whether that going from sales to leadership or leadership to leadership. And you've now experienced both, both getting promoted internally from a, a leader to another leader. And also again, back to this one, you went from a, a top level producing sales team member in at the Pirates to your first leadership job. What are some similarities and differences, you know, of going to a new team and kind of having to build your own brand versus, you know, kind of continue to rise up within your, your own organization? Yeah, I think it's, it, it's patience, it's alignment, um, it's nurturing, it's accountability, um, it's expectations, it's transparency, it's communication, and it's consistency. And I think whether it be, you know, internally in the organization you're at, um, as you, you know, as you take a look at, at another opportunity with another team, um, it's all about, it goes back to the, you know, to, to, to the original point of this conversation, um, you know, demand or not demand respect, but, you know, earn respect. And whether it be a current opportunity you're in, you know, one that, you know, one that you're evaluating uh, with another team and organization, um, how you, you know, enter yourself in that situation is going to be that first impression. And if that first impression is a good one, um, you'll be in a situation to, you know, earn trust, belief, buy-in, loyalty. And as a, as a new manager or, or someone that's absorbing a new team or someone that's absorbing responsibility internally or externally, you know, that's the foundation of success is belief and buy-in. And if, and if, you, and if you're, your group, um, your We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
officers, your leadership team, your, you know, your fellow leaders in the leadership team, you know, your, your direct staff, if there's no belief in buy-in, there's going to be no traction. And it just, it, it turns into an uphill battle. So to me, that that's always something I really tried to focus on was really starting a relationship, um, whether it be, you know, um, when I transitioned to my first leadership role in Minnesota or coming out here to New York, I was really fostering a, you know, a, a collective mindset of, of belief in buying. And from there, we just took off. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Kenny Caperta, Executive Director of Ticket Sales and Service at the New York Mets. Kenny, after getting your start in leadership, you know, again, surrounding yourself with great people, with, with Corey and Jake and the rest of the crew with the TWO. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. You get a call from a mentor who is, is a mentor of both of us. Uh, again, we've talked about him before, Lou and Chris, to help lead the New York Mets. First as the senior director of ticket sales and, and ultimately into the role you're in now. What advice do you have for listeners in regards to staying close to mentors and the value of mentorship as a whole? Yeah, um, it's it's imperative, uh, the power of people. Um, again, as we take a look, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, New York, one common denominator was people. Um, and, and, and if you surround yourself with the right people, you identify the right mentors, um, nine times out of ten, that, that's, a, that's what's going to make or break, you know, your, your own perception, your own belief system. Um, your own decision matrix, right? Um, and 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 that was and that was key for me. And I, again, you know, when it comes to a mentor, you know, I I had I, I I really break it down to you know leader of people, process, strategy, and development, right? And I've been lucky to you know have some phenomenal leaders and some some phenomenal mentors in my time that really taught me what it meant to be a leader of people, leader of process, leader of strategy, and leader of development. Uh, as we take a look at um, New York specifically, as you talk about what it means to be a leader of people. I would struggle to find, you know, you know, two better um, than than Chris Abrams and Lou DePauli. Um, yep. So when, when you when you take that into consideration, you know, that was huge. And when it came to, you know, knowing um, that that you know it was you know, from a mentorship perspective, I always tried to focus on individuals that had a track record of developing talent, um, and that and that you know really understood how to you know establish and create a culture of, of belief and buy-in. And again, um, you know, when I got that call from you know from from Lou and Chris, um, once you paired that, that was the first time in my career I was able to pair my my professional priorities and my personal priorities. I didn't have to move to Minnesota, although it was great. I didn't have to move to Pittsburgh, although it was great. It was an opportunity for me to move back home, but it was an opportunity for me to move back home in a situation that made sense for me. Um, and that was the first time in my career the stars aligned. Yeah, a couple pros right there, both personally and professionally. And you, you mentioned that you moved back to New York. You grew up in Utica, New York. Obviously, spent college in New York, um, and then went to Pittsburgh, went to Minnesota. So, was it always a dream for you to get back to New York? Um, it was. It was. I, I mean, maybe not in a sales capacity. I think growing up, I wanted to be the you know the Mets general manager. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, all jokes aside, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it, it, it's it's the bright lights, it's the big city, um, it's it, it's uh, it's big goals, it's big expectations, but it's big wins, yeah. and um, it's one of those things where I, I love New York, uh, and it was a great opportunity for me to you know, really prove myself on on the big stage, and uh, we built something special here with the Mets. We really have 
and it was it was collect it was uh, it was collaborative, um, but it, it all it was all built on our on, on our culture um, from the bottom up. Uh, we surround ourselves with great people um, that wouldn't settle for mediocrity, uh, that really wanted to be great, that really embraced that career mentality, um, and that really leaned in um, to ensure all of that was possible from leadership to our salespeople, to who we recruited, how we recruited, how we trained, why we developed, why we did things that what we did, you know, it was all intentional. Uh, it was all a purpose behind it. Um, and I think that's really, I think that was, you know, our, um, the edge that we had. And I, you know, I know I've utilized you, Kenny, as a testimonial in the past when you talk to candidates, again, regardless of where they're at in their careers, Hey, you know, I, maybe I want to stay closer to home. I want to stay back home. I, I, you know, I think you're a great testimonial that you, kind of went out of the comfort zone, went to Pittsburgh, went to Minnesota, learned around a lot of really good people. And then, you know, a little bit of, right, both parallel paths, your professional life, but then your personal life as, as you're married and started having children, hey, it's it's much better to be in New York, to be around yep. your, all of your family and friends, et cetera. So there's always an opportunity to, to make that, you know, that curve and to get back and, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times, right, that the Mets crew, you, you guys start having an immediate impact crushing some of the numbers that, that the Mets have had. And so what do you feel like the team was doing and, and still is doing on a consistent basis to have so much success? Belief. You know, I, I really, I, I mean, I, belief is a powerful entity. It, it, it really, really is. And I think when you have a collective group of individuals that will not stop until the goal is achieved, whether it be their personal goals of growing their careers, their professional goals of putting up some wild sales numbers, or if nothing else, just wanting not stopping until we're number one in everything we do. I mean, it's pride. Um, belief and pride are, are the two common denominators for everybody here in New York. And couldn't be more proud to, to you know, to lead the group. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, I mean, that, that's how, you know, we're in a situation in New York where, you know, we, we pumped out, you know, 10 to 12 leaders in the past, you know, two to three years into entry level programs. That's not, humble that's brag. Not, <laughs> that's not, that's not my doing. That's not our leadership right. team's doing. That's, that's culture. Yep. And to me, like culture isn't defined, um, you know, by, you know, beers, pizza, happy hours, jeans, like, listen, all that stuff's important. It certainly plays a role, but to me, culture is defined by high performance environment. Right. Self-accountability, professional accountability, um, a track record of developing talent, you know, com- a commitment and belief system um, that, that you immerse your, your people in. Like that's that's culture to me. Yep. Um, and and I think I really believe that's what really helped empower our people to see success and vision success. But more importantly, hold themselves accountable to seeing success, not because we told them to, because they wanted to, because they saw what success looked like if they if they went all in. Yeah, culture starts and stops with people, period, point blank. Absolutely. And so, you know, Kenny, after almost three years as the senior director, you get elevated to the executive director role where you are now, and you're overseeing pretty much everything in the ticketing vertical. And so now how has your leadership style continued to evolve, specifically when it comes to leading people with different personalities in different verticals? Great question. It, it's uh, it's something I learned along the way, and it, it really has to do with um, – you know, there's different types of, of ways to lead people. I've been lucky enough to see both sides of the spectrum. You know, um, I've been I've, I've worked for, um, you know, for leaders and, and for my direct reports that were very hands on. And I needed that hands on at that point in time in my career. I needed to, you know, you know, see what success looked like in a hands on environment. Then I've also worked directly for, for individuals that are very hands off. And, and that was great for, for my own development. Um, you know, really the, you know, the power of autonomy and enablement, like that was great. And that really allowed me to spread my wings and understand like, wow, 
Like I don't, I don't, I don't need help. I need guidance and direction and, and reinforcement. Um, but at the end of the day, like um, there's two ways to develop leaders. And I think uh, it really depends on where they're at in their own personal and professional development, where they're at in, in their career um, and where they're at in terms of, of, of their depth. And, you know, my first leadership role, I didn't have a ton of depth, but coming out of Minnesota, I learned a lot. Um, and that was, and that really allowed me to get here to New York and spread my wings and put myself in a situation where I could, I could run Chris, Chris Zaver, Ludipoli, they could come to me, give me a number and say, go. Yep. Um, and, 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 the, and the plan was built. Right. And had I not had that hands-on approach earlier on in my career, I wouldn't have been in a situation to be able to say, just, you know, to just take that, you know, you know, that, that revenue target run, build out a plan and, and, and pump it back out. So, um, it's about, it's about, it's about leading people and, and leading leaders the way they need to be led um, and, and treating people the way you want to be treated. And that it's also one of those things where um, empowerment is key because um, that, that can also build self-confidence. I think early on in managers' careers, they, 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 they really need they, – they think the right thing to do is just really be hands-on. And, it, and that can be correct, um, you know, given the individual. But what I've also learned over the years is empowerment is key. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's one of the biggest things, you know, rarely are you completely ready for your next role, right? It's going to be a learning experience. It's going to learn as you go. You're going to take kind of the X's and O's and the people and the process and really implement it to produce at a high level. And so, you know, as you've continued on in your leadership, you know, one of the biggest challenges I I know in talking to a lot of our guests in 52 Weeks of Hustle is you get to the point where you're pretty comfortable leading sales team members, let's say. But then all of a sudden you start, you know, you kind of talked about leading people from a vertical where if you're leading somebody in the box office vertical versus premium suite services versus inside sales, those leaders are all different. But how have you continued to transition and evolve from overseeing sales team members that typically just have that one goal in mind to now leaders who are relying on their team? Uh, and so what advice do you have on, on leading other leaders? Yeah, I think it's I think it's exactly that. You know, it's understanding where individuals are at in their development and understanding, you know, where you need to be hands on versus hands off, where you need to be that support system and where you need to um, you know, just provide enablement. I think that was key. But whether it be a salesperson, a leader, uh, at the end of the day, it's just it's about building the foundation of the relationship based on respect. If that's where the relationship starts, you'll back into being liked. Because if the foundation of the relationship is not based on respect, no matter what you say to somebody, no matter what you're, no matter what process, system, or mechanism you're trying to train or develop them on, if it's not built on belief, trust, or buy-in, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. So I think it's really important to, you know, really establish a, a true relationship with somebody built on respect. And then once you have that respect, now you're in a position to be able to lean in and make an impact and and really, you know, help develop them. Um, especially in the leadership level. Um, as, as we talked about, if there's one industry where, where it's, you know, saturated with competition, passion, pride, right? It's sports, it's sport business, but that's why I love it, right? Um, That's why I love it. Um, And there's a lot of talented people in our industry and there's a lot of prideful people in our industry. So it's important to understand, especially on the leadership side, nine times out of 10, that's where, you know, that's a dynamic that needs to be worked through. And, you know, when somebody steps in new to an organization or when somebody ascends in their own organization, there's going to be a level of, 
um, feeling out there. And as long as you're feeling somebody out in, in, in the right way, and it's based on respect, and it's based on depth, and it's based on process, and it's based on purpose, um, not only will they learn to respect you as a person, but they'll start to learn to respect you as a professional. Um, and that's key, especially when, as you absorb new leaders or you step into a new organization. Um, they, they, you know, it's, it's for right or for wrong. Individuals want to know that they're getting good feedback um, and they're coming from a place of experience and depth. Um, and that's why depth is so important at the leadership level. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's both the personal and professional, right? And I think you, you've done a great job, and certainly Lou and Chris, that's what they're known for. Corey is known for many of our, the really successful leaders in our business is that they truly care about you both as a person and a professional, and a lot of times more personally than professionally because yep. that goes a long way with people. And, you know, with the Mets and, and certainly many people that have interacted with you, Kenny, they know you are now one of the best when it comes to the X's and O's of the sales process and the strategy. And, and certainly development, and you've done a great job with the Mets, right, uh, of recruiting some of the great talent, developing them into the next best superstars. So what do you feel like you and your team has done from a recruiting, ultimately an interviewing and, and hiring aspect that really makes the Mets stand out? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it, you know, in, in my opinion, it's really, I think what we did well here and what we do well here currently is really taking a sales process approach into recruiting. I mean, Travis, when I say we have lead buckets for recruits, we have lead buckets for recruits. When yeah. I say we have touch point processes for recruits, we have touch point processes for recruits. We have campaigns for recruits. Um, you know, I think, I, I think, you know, young leaders, a lot of times it's, Oh, Hey, I have a, I have a June inside sales class in, in two to three months. I got to go ahead and, and start, you know, you know, you know, um, you know, identifying talent for us. Recruiting is year round. It doesn't right. stop. It's always going on. Uh, it's always going on. And yep. um, to do that properly, you know, it's you, you got to have a process. You got to have a plan. You got to have a purpose. Not only do you have to know what you're going to look for, you have to know how to find it. Yep. And just like when you're navigating a company, right, um, it's the same way when you're navigating a recruit. You know, when you're targeting schools, you know, who's the – you know, who, who's the dean? Who's in charge of um, you know the you know, the sports vertical in terms of you know placing you know athletes for um, uh, you know internships? Internships, and, yep, exactly. You know, who are some um, you know some individuals, in, in influential individuals in, in um, you know in, in a school um, for adjunct professors? And you know, so it's just it's just really identifying you know the, the necessary silos and having a process and a touchpoint program into those um, and having a plan. A, pre- a plan for presentation, um, uh, a pipeline plan. After you like somebody, where are they headed? You know, in, in you know, in, in your pipeline. So it's it's really about having um, a strategic approach into recruiting, uh, but more importantly, having resources there. Um, so you know, you know, being able to not only count on your own leadership team, you know, internally with the organization, but being able to identify up and comers in your organization, and you also use that as an opportunity for development as well, um, because not only now. Now you're 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 spreading your wings a little bit, and I, not only developing internal leaders, but you're also you know adding some horses to to the conversation as well to really you know you know, you know cover the Northeast, cover yep. the country, the right? Like what's your recruiting plan? You know. Yep. Um. So whether it be targeting business schools, athletes, uh, whatever they have, sales tournaments, you know, combines, whatever. You know, we you have your 12 month program ready to rock. Um, it's just about, you know, making sure you can execute. I think that, you know, that just goes to show what you just talked about, Kenny, is just the type of person you are, right? Like a lot of times, you know, you, you mentioned earlier, this is a competitive environment. 
everybody's recruiting. You, you just literally gave away a lot of your recruiting and, and, you know, certainly the Mets, but that's the Not type good. of person you are, right? You're willing to, you're always willing to give back, right? Like, you know, that's what I think any leaders or any potential leaders that are listening in, like those are the type of things you have to think. You know, I've always been taught if you have to think, think big, you can't just stick to that point. Well, I need to hire somebody in three months. It's a continuous process. You've got to have the touch point plan, the campaigns, the cadence. And, you know, you talked a lot about recruits. So, what Remember are those teams? They still got to recruit against us, though. Yeah, exactly. It's still a competition. You're, just, <laughs> you're laying out the blueprint. You know, see who get, who does it better now. But you know, I guess what are what are some of those key characteristics you're looking for in some of the successful individuals? Yeah, um, you know, for me, it's it's a dynamic, passionate, career oriented self starter, um, and, and someone that just you know is, is is a great teammate and super positive. I think when, when you bring those elements to the table. Um, especially in an environment where someone will be joining an organization like ours, where we are going to hold them accountable to achieving their goals. Um, Cause that's half the battle. That's half our recruiting pitch, right? Is um, we're going to hold you accountable to get to where you want to go um, to do that. Um, we had, we had, you know, we, we're, we're an organization that's running, you know, 16 training sessions a month, right? Like, you know, we're an organization that, you know, demands a lot from our people in a good way. But it's it's really designed to help them grow a career. We're not we're not looking for individuals that want a job. We're indivi- we're looking for individuals that want a career and want and not, and want a career at a high level. So yeah. um, I think I think that's the you know the, certainly you know, the main elements we look for. Absolutely, no, that's key to to not only you and your team's success and. You, Kenny, you've obviously had a, such a great career journey. We've just kind of talked through over the last couple, you know, 30 so minutes with 52 weeks of hustle. But what has been your best memory? I mean, it, it depends. Um, I think, it, it, you know, working in sports is, is special. Um, it's special from, you know, the, you know, the idea of being a part of something bigger than yourself. You know, in, in that lens, I take a look at Pittsburgh. My very first, uh, um, you, you know, playoffs. Um, I, and Travis, I think, you know, you were there. I was gone. Oh, that's right. You had left there. I yeah, had already left. Yeah. It was our first, um, you know, wild card. It was a blackout. And I remember to this day, the stadium was shaking. Um, you know, it was to, to the point where Johnny Cueto dropped the ball. Um, <laughs> it, just, it, it was nuts. And, and just at that point in time, I was like, wow, we're doing this. And, and, and that was pretty cool. Uh, I haven't had much, uh, you know, success yeah. on the field. I mean, in right. Pittsburgh, Minnesota, uh, and of course, I come here to New York the year after they win the World Series, so I, I couldn't taste champagne there either. Yeah. Um, but you know, on the on the on the on the on the field side, I would say that's certainly my you know my uh, my favorite memory in terms of on the professional side. Um, honestly, what, what we've accomplished, um, in, you know, here in New York, um, yep. being able to take a look at our family tree and see how it's grown over the years. Um, in terms of, you know, individuals coming in our inside sales program, putting up some wild numbers, ascending into sales capacity, hitting our MIT program and pumping out, you know, over 11 liters in the past two years. Like um, it's, it's special to be a part of. So I think it's the organization's collective success. Absolutely. And Kenny, this has been great. Such a joy for me to certainly see how you continue to climb the corporate ladder. You're crushing it. And, and I certainly appreciate all your advice and insight. So to close it out, as you know, I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Let's do it. Well, I, I feel like I have to ask this question. Now, fast forwarding a decade, uh, <laughs> if you could be any kitchen utensil, what would you be and why? Is your answer still the same? Or are you changing? I mean, how can I change the rolling pin? I, mean, I, I, I can't. Like, um, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I, I, I'd be a rolling pin to this day. Have um, you ever asked that question to an interview? 
Oh, we have. Yeah, all right. We, all right. Good. We good have, and, 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 and I credit you every time. <laughs> well, hey, if you had to delete all but three applications and apps from your phone, which one are you keeping? That's a good question. I'd say Coinbase. Um, over the past, uh, you know, year or so, I've really gotten, um, in, in, you know, deep into to crypto. Right. Yep. It's, I, I think it's uh, I think it's unique. I think it's interesting and really taught myself how to, you know, take take T.A. to the charts and um, you know, just kind of watch those candles go up and down and, and do some scalp trade. All right. What else? You have three of them. I got two more. I got to pick two more. Yeah, I, got, I mean, I got to keep Instagram. Um, okay. I got I, I got I to stay up to speed on all your posts for the 52 weeks of hustle. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so I appreciate so, it. So, so that would certainly be, uh, you know, a big one. Um, what else? What else am I in all the time? I'd say trading view. That would, that, that would be my third one. Um, uh, the right. trading view app as well. Uh, we know where all the charts are. All right. Nice. If you could choose two people to have dinner with, who would they be? Two people. Have, um, people I have there with. I'd say Mark Wahlberg. Okay. Mark Wahlberg. Um, and who else? Hmm. Travis Apple. <laughs> What a what a great dinner that would be. Right? <laughs> what a great dinner. Well, Kenny, I certainly appreciate it. To close it out, what are three key takeaways you would give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Uh, number one, uh, get in the ring and fight for your success. Um, you know, you know, it's it's if you want it in this industry, um, it's certainly possible. Um, it's rewarding. It's fun, um, and it's and it's eye opening what you can accomplish with a little bit of belief. Um, Number two, um, number two, I would definitely say, you know, add depth to your game along the way is if you're not redefining success for yourself um, in each role, understanding what it takes to be um, an elite seller and evolving your game and adding depth to, you know, perfecting it, understanding what it takes to be a great entry level manager, how to recruit, train and develop. Um, and defining success there. And then, you know, building that bridge into being, you know, more of a strategic and process oriented leader, um, redefining success there, because um, that, 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 that's an important piece uh, as you talk about being a leader of people, process, strategy, and development. Um, and then third, enjoy the ride. Um, I, I think that's, uh, you know, you know, a big piece as well, um, especially in this industry. Um, it's very easy to look over your shoulder uh, with all the talent surrounding it and compare yourself to other people. Uh, if you do things the right way um, and you focus on redefining success, you get in the ring and you fight for your success, um, everyone's going to be watching what you're doing as opposed to you, to you keeping tabs on what other people are doing. So enjoy the ride. If you're in the right organization, um, embrace it because – um, it's a lot of fun. As I take a look at my time in Pittsburgh, beyond grateful and blessed, you know, for, you know, to start my career out there. As I take a look in Minnesota, talk about adding depth to my game, um, surrounding myself with, with Corey and Jake was phenomenal. And then being able to, you know, come here to New York, um, was just the definition of special. Um, you know, so, you know, from Trav, um, and, and, and someone like yourself really taught me how to sell. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the people associated with each stop is, is, is always the best part. 
Yeah, I think you mentioned that multiple times, right? It's all starts and stops with the people and, and couldn't agree more with your three takeaways, right? Fighting for success, continue to evolve and, and provide that depth to your game. And at the end of the day, you've got to enjoy this, right? It's a yep. grind. It's a lot of hours. you got to enjoy the ride and enjoy the journey. And, again, Kenny, thank you so much. You certainly had a great career. Pleasure talking to you. I certainly appreciate our friendship, your time, and expertise today. Always. Thank you very much, Travis. Appreciate it. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Be sure to follow the podcast. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, so follow us at 52 Weeks of Hustle. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. 